All right, calling this meeting to order. We'll do roll call, starting with Noah. Stork, present. Bowman, present. Brown, present. Boyd. Cole. Seligren. Wagner. All right, uh, anything, public discussion, anything not on the agenda? Seeing none, um, public discussion. Landmark, 937 East Davenport. Okay, um, this is a little background of our uh, process, but basically we go from here to the PNZ and then to city council. Um, for the landmark designation, the commission is charged with reviewing the information and determining that the landmark meets criterion A and B for sure, and at least one of C, D, E, or F, and we'll go through that eventually. 937 East Davenport is this house that we see here, built about 1874. It was built by John Pribble and Anna Vroktiki, Vroktiki I think is how you say it. And just to point out, by 1880 on the census, they had at least two children. And before they left the house, they had at least four children. Um, this is a family of nine, they eventually became a family of 10. Um, <coughs> This is a map showing our local historic districts and conservation districts and landmarks and the location of 937 East Davenport. Just as a little bit of information, this is the 1839 plat of the original town. This is showing you where the Summit Street marker is here on Summit Street and uh, Court. And this is where the house is located. This is outlot number seven. The uh, original plant had these outlots uh, basically for expansion. This house is located really in uh, lot one or lot 10 of block one in the woods edition. I talked in the report about the survey and evaluation of the Goose Town neighborhood by Marla Svenston. She talks about these additions. This is the outlot. This is the overall area that she surveys. We have Woods Edition, we have the Rose Hill Edition, and the Irish Extension to Woods Edition. One of the things that I mentioned in there is that when Woods platted this area, he did not extend Summit Street through the area, which would have gone right through here so that he could have um, more uh, lots. So again, this is looking at the front of the house. We have a basic side gabled cottage, one story. This was a one-room house at the time when it was first built. Uh, this kind of shows you the side view from the west. We have that uh, one-room cottage. This addition was built before 1882, so before they moved to the house on the corner of Reno and Davenport. And then the rear addition was built before 1920, and we know that because it shows up on the Sanborn Fire insurance map of that date. This is looking at the other side of the cottage. We have, again, the whole cottage. Um, there was a little porch in the L created by the building um, that was also in place on that Sanborn map of 1920. The rest of the porch was added by the current owners more recently. This is looking at the rear of the house. And again, so the front cottage is up here. We have the first addition that the Pribbles would have um, added before they moved, and then the before 1920 addition. And this is looking at that that whole porch. So we would have had just this first part of the porch. And then this is what the current owners extended for the porch. 
uh, in the report, I mentioned the fact that the house had asphalt shingle siding on it and that it was removed um, before 2012. The owner actually corrected me on that. And what we've determined, we found out that the house not only had the asphalt single shingle siding on the walls, it also had it on the roof, probably covering the original wood shingle on the roof. Then before 2012, the owners covered it in vinyl siding. Mm. And so what I could see in Google that looked like the shingles had been removed were, was the vinyl siding. So the current owner um, in 2019 actually removed the vinyl siding, the shingle siding, and exposed bare unpainted wood. Um, one of the things that's kind of interesting here and one of the important things um, that I might mention in regard to Criterion F is the fact that this, the original owners actually put brick in some of the stud wall cavities as an attempt to kind of add an insulation, kind of a thermal mass to the wall as well. This is a very small cottage in this neighborhood, and so I have a few brief photos to show you some of the other cottages and types, and I'll go through it super fast. This house was originally a similar cottage. It was originally just this portion of the house, and it was in brick. It also shows up on the 1868 bird's eye view of uh, Iowa City and so in some respects this house could have been really important. It's not only been added to extensively, we've you know this is a modern ranch style window that was added here, this was a porch that was added on and then enclosed and further additions and then all of the brick was also covered in vinyl siding. So this this house might have been an important house in the neighborhood too but it is not intact. This is another type of cottage that was really uh, big in that time period. It is the front gabled one-room cottage. This one's been slightly added to, um, but was generally intact and considered uh, also eligible for landmarking, but it was also demolished in 2019. Here's a, another little one-room side gabled cottage. This one's later in 1909, and it shows a few elements that are a, a little bit more like a Queen Anne kind of style. So it's um, a little bit more fashionable, like the clipped corner and um, some of the porch details. Another type that was important in this area is the front gable and wing one story. This one's been altered, this window is not original at all, and this porch has been enclosed as well. But that was also an important type. Um, all of these, except for that, those one-room cottages, are bigger. This is probably one of the earliest houses in the neighborhood, but it's been significantly altered. It also shows up on the 1868 bird's eye view. Um, this has had all of the siding replaced. The porch was added in 1976. It did not have a porch originally, and so it's been altered. Um, and then we have a couple along with that slightly larger one and a half story homes. This one happens to be right next door to the potential landmark property, um, but it has replacement siding and, and um, other changes as well. This house is uh, the only one other one in the neighborhood that's really very intact. Uh, it's at 943 East Davenport Street. It was built about 1890 uh, or, or earlier. And it has all of its original siding and windows and stuff, but it has had um, a demolition notice on it for a few months now. So it's expected to come down at any time. 
And finally, this is just another example of a one and a half story side gabled cottage. But again, this one's been heavily altered. Um, there's been changes to all the porch, the siding and windows and roof, or none of this is original. So part of what we have here is a small one room cottage that really represents some of the um, the history that we saw in this area. Marlis Svenston talked about kind of this semi-agrarian culture where they had these long lots, they could farm in the neighborhood uh, on their land, they could have you know vegetables and animals and all this kind of thing. This house really represents that. And so in staff's opinion, we meet criterion A because it's a representative of that goose town history. It also is in the original location, has its original siding. Its footprint hasn't changed except for the ex porch extension since 1920. And so it could be considered intact as well enough to meet criterion B. Uh, when we get to uh, C, events, this is where I think we really have to look at it as a very prime example, one of the few remaining intact examples of that small cottage for that Goose Town history. So it's kind of adding to what we have with um, Criterion A as being recognizable in our history, but it really, because of the fact that they, there are so few of them, there's so much demolition pressure for these small cottages in this neighborhood, that's why staff does feel that it also meets Criterion C. I talked in the um, staff report about the fact that while we know the owners, we know the original owners and some of the other owners since then, none of them are really important enough to our community or in their uh, occupations to really um, make it eligible for Criterion D, which has to be this association with different people. For both E and F, there is the opportunity for the commission if you would like to add them. Staff did not feel, because of some of the changes that did occur to the cabin, cottage, sorry, that it really met the criteria for E. E is all about the architecture. And there have been some changes. Uh, such as the porch addition. We have a metal roof. It originally had wood shingles. Um, we have the fact that while the original trim exists, it's been covered, been covered by some new trim. So I think that while this house could potentially eventually meet criterion E, it does not at the currently. For F, F typically relates to archeology span and I actually, I reached out to an archaeologist this week, and they think that this is exactly that kind of area where it could be useful because it has not been regraded. These people and these children would have lived outside because of the house being so small, and so a yard like this actually could yield archaeological information. And so if the commission wanted to add F to the criterion which this would be eligible for, that could be supported. Um, Right. So we have a recommended motion. Great. Let's see if there's any public comment. Any public comment? All right. And then let's get a motion. this motion on the floor, and then we can discuss if we want to add one of the others. Does that yep. work? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, Seligren, I move to approve the designation of 937 East Davenport Street. John and uh, Anna Vrit 
Rocktakee Pribble Cottage is an Iowa City historic landmark based on the following criteria for local designation, criteria A, B, and C. Wagner second. Jessica, could you just go back to that slide that shows us the uh, these? Yeah. Do we feel like other folks we need to? Add? Well, first of all, do folks, do we do we have a majority that want to add uh, e, e or F? Right, those are the probably the ones we would add. I would add F definitely. I would add F too. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've got a motion on the floor. Uh, Jordan, do you want to amend to include F? Yep, uh, I an amending to include F. And Frank, your second, you? I second it. Yes. Okay. All right, uh, any discussion? All right, the, so the motion on the floor is this plus criteria F that we've added. All right, all in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? None, motion carries, great, thank you. Um, all right, on to the city park pool discussion. Uh, I think Julie uh, is gonna present and then we've got some folks um, who asked us last month to present. I, if we could try to keep these presentations to like five minutes or so. Um, that way we've got some time to discuss and maybe ask some follow-up questions. Does that work for everybody? I will try my best. Okay, appreciate it. And please stop me if I go into a topic oh. you really don't want me to talk about. My my main goal tonight is to let you know where we're at in the process so you understand the timeline. Um, that's also why I gave you the executive um, summary report. That is on in the council packet that went out today as well. Um, but what I'll do is just give you a quick rundown on how we got here. This is a larger recreation master plan that we're looking at. City Park Pool is one part of that larger master plan. It's a 10-year vision. And with the vision, it's vision and direction setting. It's not a binding plan, just like our park master plan back from 2016. It provides the vision. And each year as we go through the capital improvement budget process, that's where the council funds the various projects that we move forward with those. Um, so with that, City Park Pool is in there and we'll talk about those recommendations, but a whole nother process is yet to come probably in the year 2024 for the actual design. The council is not approving any sort of design of the pool next week. They're approving the master plan, which says it's time to replace, renovate, and um, upgrade it no actual design for what that might look like. And I'll talk about that a little bit more with some of the other slides. So there'll be an entire another process in 2024. Um, these are the things that the council will be considering on Tuesday night. As you can see with City Park Pool, it's replaced within the current site in 2025. Whether that ends up being the same shape of pool, whether it ends up being a different mix of depths of water, the, the fence line would stay the same, the trees, the aesthetic of the building, probably a new building though, but the aesthetics meant to be the same. And there'll be that entire new process before we get to final design. We've been showing a concept and we'll go on um, based on the plan that we looked at was based on these things. So we really did a lot of work to look at equity, doing outreach to our underserved, um, to our diverse communities, communities that don't necessarily swim, but we have a huge public health risk there that we wanna make sure that kids learn how to swim and feel comfortable in the water. So we did a lot of extra outreach up front in the first phase of this plan. We're looking at access, meaning not only access to get to the pool, but different ways to get into the water. We're trying to get rid of all of the um, 
chairlift entries, those kind of things, make the locker rooms more accessible, but also inviting to folks that are either coming, a parent with a, a, a like a father with a young um, daughter, or if we've got non-binary folks that want to enter and don't want to go through either the men's or the women's locker rooms, we're looking at things that will make the overall facility more welcoming and inviting to the community. And we know there's a lifeguard shortage. So part of our designs as we go forward for any of our aquatic centers, take that for the first time ever, and I've been doing this for 30 years, first time ever acknowledge that we don't have enough swimmers, we don't have enough lifeguards, we're doing everything we can, but it's a reality that we're trying to design pools that take fewer lifeguards to operate. We went through community engagement on the plan real quick. We did a whole lot of outdoor um, events. You can go on to the next slide. Did 10 focus groups that uh, reached out to nonprofits. They reached out to our aqua fitness groups. They reached out to um, neighborhoods that, uh, like the South District and on the far west side. We did several pop-up booths where we were at a whole lot of different events. City Park Pool was still open when we started this in September, at the end of August, early September. The dog paddle was one of the first um, events we were out getting feedback at. We did the North Side um, Pop, what's it called, Pop Fest? Soda Fest, I remember. Soda Fest last year. We had a pop-up event there to try to gather more input there. So we did a lot of unique things to get out and get word on that. But most importantly, we also did a statistically valid survey where we hired a survey company. They did a, a survey where they were able to match up the demographics of people answering the survey with the demographics of our community based on income, location, um, diversity. So we got a lot of good information that. That's where the recommendations and the concept design came from. After that, back in May, we took those concept designs and opened them up for public input. So the Parks Commission recommendations are based on phase one, and it says we'd like to go forward with these concepts, or with these, the ideas of the renovations, the actual design still to be determined. We've obviously gotten a lot of feedback, so there's a lot more to go to final design. Um, we can go through, we can skip that one. Okay, so on City Park Pool, we had various different ways that we asked people about what should we, what should the future of City Park Pool look like? And this was one of the only specific questions um, that we asked in this, those first phase one. The rest was more general, what can we do to serve you better in recreation type things. But you can see in the statistically valid survey, 67% asked for us to design a new pool. The events went 63% design new pool, 32% renovate with same layout. Online was self-selected, a little bit closer. Focus groups still a little bit, um, a little bit leaning towards design new pool, but but closer. So the average went with design a new pool. Hence how we got to a new concept design. Doesn't mean it's right or wrong. Just let you know that's how we got to that point. <clears throat> We're, I think, at about five minutes, so I'll let you, okay. I just want to, like, just to kind of keep you posted so that we're... Yeah, I'll try. These are some of the reasons why City Park needs renovation. It's, it, it's got lots of cracks, it's got a lot of water loss, it's got some ADA concerns. Next slide. The recommendations from the consultants and in the, in the plan at this point are to renovate or replace it within the site. Next slide. 
and the emphasis of this keeping the same aesthetic, this is what it's meant, and this is what the plan directs would be done, is the shape of the fence line to remain very similar. So we wouldn't expand the site and change the tree lines and some of the things people really like about City Park. The pool shape could be rectangular. It could be any shape at this point. But we're saying we want to do it within the bounds of the current facility. We think the pool building especially needs to be replaced due to there's um, confined space entry for our staff doing the filter room stuff. We've talked about the locker rooms, we've talked about, you know, there's, we need a new building, but we'd like to do it in a way that's sensitive to the area and to the history of that site. Remaining flat water, so not a water park. There's a lot of confusion out there of what, flat water, but probably different depths than what we maybe have now. Keeping the diving boards in deep water, providing the mix of the lap lanes, the different sizes, and ample deck space, chairs, and shade. That's the goals. The actual configuration to be determined. We will show you the concept that was put out there on the next slide. People don't like the, the curves. It could be rectangular. It can be a lot of different things. But we think no matter what, the pool basin itself needs to be removed and replaced, whether it's replaced in the same format or it's a different one to be determined. Um, better water access. So the future steps, just so you know where we're at, is that there would be, assuming the council moves forward with the, the master plan, City Park Pool is slated in the capital improvement budget for 2025, which would mean that the design process would happen in, in the spring and summer of 2024. There would be a, a, design, a pool designer, architect, landscape architect team chosen that would do a full input process all over again with the parameters of staying in the fence, kind of the things we've talked about, but the actual uses and actual what it looks like would be determined at that point. And then we'd hope for construction in 2025. So that's where we're at on the process. Any questions? Let I me can just answer. ask the commission, do we want to ask questions of, of Julie and then get the other presentations and ask questions? We want to save questions for both to the end. What do, what do we? Are you, I, I, I guess, I. I'd be interested in asking one question. Yeah, that's fine. Let's okay. just ask questions then. That's fine. Okay. I just wanted to like not, we're going to ask questions once yep. to each audience. So we've decided now's the time. Yep. Will you stay with the same design firm? Is that? A not necessarily. Okay. It would be a whole new RFQ process. Okay. Well, one thing, if I could just add one, one thing. That's fine. <laughs> we do patch this and we do figure out where the leaks are every single year and patch it and caulk it and repaint it every single spring. So I just want you to know it's not due to lack of maintenance. Our staff is amazing trying to keep this thing operating. Julie, you often talked about renovating, but it sounds like no matter what, you're tearing out all this concrete and starting over. Probably, because most well, of the leaks... When you say probably, where is the maybe in that? Is there a scenario that the council says yes to $5.5 million and you don't do that? Um, that's a council decision. So, okay. so I don't know that. Uh, the leaks are probably in the under basin under the pool. I don't know of any way that we could fix it and limp along for more than a few years without, you know, you, we could keep trying to do that. In the end, the recommendation would be to give us a new structure that lasts for the 50 or 70 years again. So, um, Is it a possibility that the shape of the pool can be, can be, kept in place as a historic kind of, uh, you know, rep, uh, so we have that historic reference um, and the amenities like a zero depth entry. 
side are added um, so that everybody wins? I would think so. I, I think because the design process doesn't happen until 2024. Mm -hmm. I would say that the things that I look at it aesthetically, it's a flat water pool. So there's no water park type features. A, can do that. Except for a current. Maybe. Yeah, that does show in the concept plan. Not a lazy river, though. So it could be a similar shape. Um, but part of what we try to do with our climate action goals is reduce the number of the cubic feet of water that's in here. So we've got a really huge diving well that doesn't really get fully used. So if there's a way to keep it the shape or flat water, not have it be so deep everywhere, that would be helpful. So those are the kind of design decisions that are yet to come. Julie, my, my question, have, I, you talk about climate change a lot around this, but I haven't heard any discussion about the demolition waste that would be added. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's a significant amount. I think. You know, when I think of uh, historic preservation, we often talk about starting with the most minimally invasive ways. I think there's some, I've seen some proposals that are like five or six grand to figure out where the leaks are coming from. You know, kind of, I, it seems like there is a lot of desire to keep the existing pool layout and ways to, to, to do the way that we think of things in terms of historic preservation and that before you add, you know, we, we care deeply about demolition waste. It's part of our, you know, um, and to find opportunities to find those, you know, those take a little bit of money, five, six grand, 10 grand, to figure out what the, if there is a roadmap to not have to spend $5.5 million on a new pool. So let me clarify that. So the report, the engineering part of that was beyond the scope of that consultant. So that's why it's in the report like that. That is actually part of what we do every spring trying to get this thing open. As we close it down, we figure out where the leaks are, we figure out where the, in the pool shell needs to be repaired. The five or six thousand isn't probably enough to even figure out beyond that, below that. Right, but like a million happening. versus 5.5? I don't know the dollar amounts, but I can tell you that I just, that's a decision that would be up to council. Yep. Um, okay. Yeah. But that's and part I, of what they're are, deciding. There but are short-term things that can be Julie, done. Julie, but that's part of what they're deciding, is whether or not to spend $5.5 million. No. No. They are looking at, really the question is, do they keep City Park operating into the future? And then they figure out in the vision how to do that. I, I feel like a lot of us are on this commission because we there is a war between new being better versus old being fine. And it seems like new projects are often conceived of and then pursued because um, cities and organizations get uh, and people get a bee in their bonnet and all of a sudden you're throwing out your history so that you can have the new thing that you've focused on. Um, I, my concern is that we are there the city is there, the people who have been surveyed are there, they want something new, like they want a new kitchen, or they want new siding, or they, you know, whatever. Um, and can we just slow it down before we change something that has very significant historic significance in the city and is one of the only remaining examples of this type of pool in the state of Iowa? Um, so, so I, I, th I really think we are not at the point that you think we are with design. So first of all, A, we've got a couple years here before we would go into any of these larger picture decisions. Uh, my only challenge back to that is that I am tasked 
as Parks and Rec Director to figure out how we meet the recreational needs of our community and our changing community. So there are things that I think can be done within the aesthetics of this pool that makes it inviting to some of our underserved folks, some of the people that don't feel comfortable who aren't the accomplished swimmers that that are there. Not everyone's there, but that's where we have to weigh this too, is that if we want a, a, a recreation facility that serves the needs of the public, we need to weigh that in there too. And, and, I would think and, and a prior design can do that in some ways, but there's other things that can be done to really maximize the effect of the service we provide to the public. Yep. So. We could also spend less money here and have $4.5 million to, to build to a build new something. pool on the south yeah. side on the south anyway, side. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to make sure we've, we've given so everyone opportunity. That. Thank you, Julie. Can you leave that picture up right there? Oh, you don't want me to switch to yours? Yeah, I do. But I just want you to leave that picture up for one second and then sw uh, switch to mine. Just for one second. Okay. Because I just want, because I, I, I think that's a, I think that's a great, that, that's just such a great image of the pool. Hi, my name is Amy Kretkowski. I live here in Iowa City and I'm here to talk in support of uh, preserving and to ask your support to encourage the city council to preserve this historic pool. Um, this is a great picture uh, because, and I think you can kind of tell the, um, just from the shape of it, but also the sides, the, those are very, very shallow ends. At the top of the T, the T, the, the, the T part, those are very, very shallow. Yes, thank you with the cursor there. So those are very, very shallow, and they allow for young children to be in there and learning how to swim, whereas the big square, the diving well, that's, n that's not just for diving. There are water polo teams that play in there, and during open swim area, where the T part is open to families for recreational swim. Those of us crazy people who like to swim laps, we're going back and forth 25 meters. You can see the, the lines. You want to put the cursor? Yeah, those. So, so, so this is a very versatile, beautiful, classic, iconic pool in this beautiful setting that should be preserved. Now, if you can just switch over to my, um, and I know it's so much fun to switch back and forth and toggle between PowerPoint presentations. I do this with my kids all the time. So uh, thank you for, uh, for, for allowing uh, me to, to speak with you guys and ask for your uh, support uh, to, um, to preserve the city park pool. Obviously, it's been a landmark here since uh, 1949. Can you go to the next slide? So in the, the idea to, um, to, to build this pool started in 1941. World War II put the brakes on things. Um, and in 1947, tragedy struck. And, and that's really what birthed this pool. Um, the, the Iowa River flooded. There were a couple of kids who were playing um, at the banks of the flooded river. Kid jumped on a log, disappeared. He didn't know how to swim. His 10-year-old friend didn't know how to swim, yelled for help by the time the fire department Department got there, it was too late. Um, can, can, can you go to the next slide? The Daily Iowan picked up the story, covered it. Um, it took up the whole front page of the Daily Iowan. I mean, not just uh, the the story, but there was an editorial there in in the in the corner. And the Daily Iowan really came uh, to, uh, to to bat, came became to be the champion of creating the city park pool. Let's go to the next slide. 
Um, they did this editorial saying, you know, how much is a child's life worth? What would you pay to, to, to you know, teach all the kids here in Iowa City how to swim? And after uh, getting pressure from the Daily Iowan and from the community, the city council finally relented and they put up another bond measure. It passed and, uh, and, and the pool opened in June of 49. Um, Ned Ashton was uh, not the original designer, but he was uh, right afterward, he did revisions to this, to, to the design. He was also on as the um, consulting, um, he, he was supervising the engineering. He was on as a consulting engineer. Let's go to the uh, um, uh, picture. And this is the, the uh, beautiful design of this, this pool. The simplicity of this design is, is, is its beauty and it fits its surrounding area. Um, since it's opened, generations of kids have learned how to swim here. Generations of adults have learned how to swim here. Lifeguards have been trained here. Um, the lap swimmers enjoy it, divers, aquasizers, water walkers, the, the Iowa City eels um, the, you know, have swum here, the city high swim teams. Uh, I, I mentioned before the, uh, the water polo team that they call themselves the sea lions, which is hilarious. Um, and lifeguards have tra trained here. Let's go to the next slide as well. Uh, this community loves the, the, this pool. Um, during the, 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 the phase one uh, survey uh, reports that I have read that's in, 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 in the, the, the materials that were provided to the city council in the June 2022 meeting, um, it says that the Iowa City, when Iowa, Iowa Cityans said that they want to retain the pool's original aesthetics and character, and they prefer a traditional footprint. That was a big emphasis that came through the original survey responses. Can you go to the next slide? In response to that, this is the concept drawing, which is not retaining the original aesthetics or character of the current pool, and it's certainly not a traditional footprint. Once people who were surveyed saw this concept drawing, they uniformly rejected it, including the 900 plus people who we got to sign petitions saying, we, we, we don't want this, we don't want this pool. This is not what people want. Let's go to the next slide. What's wrong with the pool? What's wrong with City Park Pool? We just don't know. We don't really know. The engineering report said yes. They recommended, number one, get a, get a, constru a structural engineer to figure out what's wrong with the You're pool. Five, just so you okay. That's fine. You can okay. just continue. I'm just... Okay. We're at five minutes. Okay. So I just okay. want you to... Okay. Highlight the. Yeah. You can you can you can read this. The reality is we do not know what's wrong with the pool. The reality is, city council is being asked to spend a lot of money on a new design that this community does not want, and is not being told what would it cost to repair this pool. What would it cost to re even if repair means ripping out the whole, you know, all the concrete. And, and pouring new concrete, which we, we don't necessarily want to do, but maybe we could find the portion that is really damaged, repair it. Why aren't we doing this? One reason why we're not doing it is because the consultants said that they couldn't find, they knew of no other pool as old, a city park pool that was still operational. Let's go to the next slide. You do a 10 second Google search, here's a bunch. Here's one in Austin, Texas, 1936. Does that look familiar to you? Kind of looks familiar to me, that's gorgeous. Next one. Sorry. 
McCarran Pool, my personal favorite in Brooklyn, 1936, older, still operational. Okay, I will, I will you shut have, like, up. Let's I, say I just, one more thing if you need yeah. it. Otherwise, let's. Okay, okay. Decora? Yep. Next slide. Great. That's it. Okay. Please, please, just all, all I'm asking is for you to encourage the city council to uh, just take mitigating efforts and, and, and consider preserving this historic pool that this community loves before tossing out the whole pool with the pool water. Thank uh, you. Great. Um, I'm going to make a motion that's a statement, mm -hmm. and then we can second that and discuss if we want to send it to council. Great. It's kind of long, so I'm going to read it. Because City Park Pool's existing layout has been the same for nearly 75 years, years, a layout that has become part of our shared heritage and holds a special place for many Iowa Cityans. Because local civic leaders, Ned Ashton designed the pool, and Irving Weber led the campaign to pass the pool bond issue, and countless other civic leaders have preserved this pool for 75 years. And because this work, one of the Historic Preservation Commission's goals is to keep demolition waste out of the landfill, and the current plan is to demolish and add tons to construction waste. Because of the principles of historic preservation are to test the minimally invasive procedures or treatments first, and because there are minimally invasive, uh, less expensive options, those should be explored first um, before we add tons of construction waste. Because more minor renovations could be done to allow accessibility and preserve the existing layout that is treasured by Iowa Cityans for generations. Because it's one of the last outdoor Olympic style pools and because the design itself is part of what people love. That layout should be treasured and not disposed of in the landfill. Because the stated need for the pool is to needs updates and repairs, the city should pursue updates and repairs, not an entirely new pool design. Uh, those updates and repairs likely would cost significantly less than a new pool that the majority of Iowa Cityans haven't asked for. Because those resources could be used to create a more equitable aquatic um, uh, scene across the city, uh, because of all of those things, the Historic Preservation Commission recommends to the City Council that it explores minimally invasive ways to preserve, preserve the existing pool layout and add accessibility uh, before the city demolishes it and adds demolition waste. Second. Any discussion? We're ready for a vote. Mm -hmm. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion carries. Whether you mean the pool basin and the bathhouse, or the whole thing, or one or the other, it is clarify oh, that. I was talking about the pool basin. I don't. Yeah, I, for me, I think that's uh, the bathhouse. I think is negotiable. It's the pool that. Did anyone not think that I read said that and said something different? Are we all? I just make sure that we're all clear that that was the basin we're talking about. It, yeah, I mean, you might make sure it's very. Clear. Okay, so I'm going to amend that to the existing pool basin. Explore preserving minimally ways to explore the existing pool basin. Yeah. yeah. Okay, second, and then all in favor still. Anyone opposed? Nope, okay. Um, all right, that is our so, motion. So yeah, if you want to defer the rest of the meeting till next month, you need to do that. Yep, I'm gonna make a motion to defer the rest of the agenda items to the next meeting. Do I have a second? A Wagner second. All in favor say aye. 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 None opposed, motion carries. Move, move to adjourn. Second. Second, Carl Brown. Uh, all in favor say aye. 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 We are adjourned. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>